right, in this week in this week's edition of Guys Talking Sports, you're going to get into Stephen A. comments about Otani, um, Candace Parker um, being the first woman to make the um, NBA 2K cover, and uh, Richard Sherman. What is he doing out there in Richmond, Washington? Um, that and a whole lot more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Uh, where is me, myself, and I, <laughs> Alan Ace here, as always on a Wednesday night, ready to talk some crap, talk about our opinions on sports, and um, as usual, crack some jokes and talk some shit. So uh, before we get started, I want to introduce the fellas, Ace and Al. How you doing tonight, fellas? Can you believe my laptop cracked over, decided to die on a brother? So hopefully my exuberant, fluffy self is looking very nicely in my new camera. And I'm sounding really, really good. So comment. Let me know how I look. <laughs> uh, um, right now, uh, three is the magic number. Uh, little De La Soul here and there. So I'm doing good, ready to get everything going as well. Got a lot to talk about. <laughs> And there is indeed a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. We got uh, we got Richard Sherman getting arrested on some um, burglary charges. We got the NBA NBA Finals Game Three going on, WNBA <laughs> All Star Game going on tonight as well. Um, but we're going to roll and start right off with some controversy um, that came in earlier this week when Stephen A. Smith um, on his first take show made some comments in regards to Major League Baseball, who had their All-Star game last night in the home run um, contest on Monday, which was actually pretty good in the first round. And then I kind of got bored out after that. <laughs> but um, the new face of the league, or at least the person they're trying to, um, to push, Otani, and he said in his statements that, that they ruffled some feathers where he had to kind of walk his statements back and give a wholehearted apology. Um, but in all fairness, in the context, uh, what he said um, is that the fact that you got a foreign player that doesn't speak English, that needs an interpreter, believe it or not, I think contributes to the harming the game to some degree when that's your box office appeal. Um, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he is saying. He said that early morning on ESPN, Later on in the afternoon, he was giving out a long t on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, you know, you know, any place that he had any kind of social media presence, he gave it a long drawn out statement and then backed it up on the following Monday, I mean, the following morning um, on ESPN talking about how his comments were taken. He didn't realize how insensitive the comments were and he didn't have, you know, basically he didn't mean to... In, he didn't mean to um, offend anybody. That wasn't his intent. Um, but of course, he had to go in and apologize in every way, foreign way, impossible. Um, so, fellas, um, do you think that Stephen A's comments were out of line? Um, and if so, um, do you think the apology that he gave was heartfelt enough, even though he said that no one made him do it? Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, first of all, do you believe that you know what he said was out of line, and do you believe that the the um his apology was fair? 
Um, what I do appreciate, I didn't see his, I didn't see his long apology that he did on social media on, I guess it would have been Monday during the day. I saw clips of it, but I just didn't have three minutes to give to it, so I didn't, I didn't bother listening. Because I had already seen what he was doing in the show, First Take Tuesday. And now he had all those folks on the show. Um, so, do I feel it was heartfelt? I appreciate him coming out there and taking ownership of it. Um, most folks probably wouldn't or would have taken a little bit longer of a time. Probably, most folks probably would have tried to defend their argument about what they said and how they went about it and what they were trying to say with their comments versus Stephen A was just like, okay, I was wrong, you know, but I can understand why he came out the way he came out because he commands a lot of airtime on ESPN. And I'm sure that salary meant a lot to him. And I'm sure that he wanted to maintain said salary. So he did what he had to do to make sure that he was good moving forward. Um, I can't really say yay or nay if it's heartfelt. Um, heartfelt to me, maybe would have been trying to get to Shotani himself, maybe get to a representative and get Shotani on the show if he was willing to come on, but at least show some that he went out there and tried and attempt and show receipts that he tried to do that. You know, because he's trying to go right to the source and say, look, I disrespected you. I, I didn't mean any harm by what I said. This is the reason why I said it. You know, go directly to the source. Go directly to whom you were addressing. I think that probably would have been a better tactic. But I'm not, I'm not dismissing what he did, reaching out to specific people within baseball for ESPN. And uh, the gentleman, uh, I think his last name was Lee. I can't think of his first name. Um that he had on that he felt disrespected by the comment, um, which was great, opened up the dialogue. But I think I think he did what he had to do to save his job. But I think he could have went about it a lot better and tried to go Shotani. I understand that Shotani's preparing for the All-Star game. It was kind of early in the morning. But if he felt like he really, you know, if he really felt sorry about disrespecting him and 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 the uh, Asian Pacific and the Asian Asian uh, culture, he would have tried his very damage to try to get him on. Or if nothing else, his agent or somebody to represent him to be on the show. That's how I feel about it. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. Um, I, I completely, first of all, I agree with what you're saying that it should have been directly towards um, today, Otani. Um, I get that. But I also understand the fact that we're, I, I kind of get where he was going with what he was trying to uh, say. Um, but the wording of it was just all off. And it felt way uncomfortable when he said it. Um, so I, I I don't think that overall, I thought that he had some explaining to do. Um, it felt wrong. Even though he was trying to explain himself, it still felt wrong. And in a, definitely in the time that we're living in right now, um, you have to be careful with how you word things because... <coughs> 
excuse me, at the end of the day, you know, that type of voice, you, you are a voice of the ESPN community. Um, you're a big voice, um, not in the sports world. I mean, not just the ESPN, but in the sports world as a whole. So you have to be careful how you direct your words and say things um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a time like this. And I think that what he was trying to accomplish originally, it felt like it was a way that he was going. Um, but the comments after it just felt very uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people took it and a lot of people did take it uncomfortably as what it was. So I think that the, to be honest, like you said, um, Ace, the apology, I, if it was sincere, it should have went directly to Shadeo Otani, um, not just to everybody as a whole, but it should have first been directed to Shadeo, then make an apology if you wanted to for it to everybody else. Um, but I know that everybody responded to him because I know I responded. It was like, you need to, you know, clarify this or at least say something more. Um, I just thought that it was just very uncomfortable how it was said and was brought about. Um, but I think overall that where the time that we living in, we just have to be careful how we approach things and say things. And I think that that was a slip of judgment, an error um, that he made. Um, it, it's not like he does it on a consistent basis, so I'm not going to knock him as being uh, the person in a negative way. It's just I think it was just a, a, a mistake that was made, and he tried to do his best to correct it. And so now that he's done it, or at least he feels as though he's done it, that we should be in a position where we move on. I doubt that that will be the case going forward because now everybody's going to look at him with a mic or a microscope under a microscope going forward. And he, truth be told, out of this position, he has to be looked under a microscope. But I think overall, as long as he made the apologies to Shadeo Otani, to me, everybody else that comments is irrelevant. Like, a mistake was made. Oh, we lost him again. Did, you heard what I said? Hello? Oh. Yeah, it looks like we might have lost Alec Alec second, but um, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm gonna take a different approach. Um, we've seen Stephen A. Smith over the last couple of years, even when in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, when we're talking about football, um, when we're talking about fighting injustice, he's sometimes always been on the fringe of certain things and always made some comments that have seemed controversial. I've seen him very articulate in talking about certain items. And then I've seen some comments that I don't necessarily agree with, um, agree with uh, what he meant, especially in, in regards to Colin Kaepernick um, in, in the past. Um, but um, for this one, I look at it like this. I don't know if the, if the, if the apology was all that heartfelt necessarily. Um, it should have went to Shatani. I, I, to me, you've been you've been very careful about your words in the past. And all of a sudden, you say this. I mean, the part the part of the the part of his message that got out there that a lot of people really was jumping in arms about was saying that having a foreign player that needs an English interpreter harms the game in some degree, uh, which is not necessarily the case. I mean, you have a lot of um, players from you know Latino players. Um, that are in the game that sometimes need um, interpreters that don't harm the game. So I'm not sure how, how one is different than the other. 
But what I get, I think if you just said the second part of his statement, um, like you said, where he was saying that it's going to be difficult for baseball to try to make Otani the face of the league when there might be some barriers to the fact that, you know, he needs an interpreter. You can't always get a good, clear conversation from him, no good sound bites. Um, he's, you can't, you can't always get what you want immediately. He already has to go through the interpreter. So I get what he's saying. Um, they want him to be the face, but he doesn't necessarily look like he really wants to be the face. It looked like he was trying to embrace it in the home run derby, which might be the reason why he grounded the first eight to nine <laughs> um, pitches that he had and couldn't get a home run until like the 10th, the 10th pitch. But I know what the league is doing. The first two-way player, Asian descent, they want to try to get the Asian market. But Asian, you probably know better than me. You have your Latino players, you have your Black players, you even have some Asian players, a couple that have been here and there. But if you have a Mike Trout, if you have a person of Bryce Caucasian, of a Harper, Bryce Harper, if you have someone of Caucasian descent, it's more easier to market in the United States to push that face and make that face be a baseball. Even to a certain degree, when you had Sammy Sosa and you had Mark McGuire, hitting him home runs and Sammy Sosa would flip back and forth between whether he understood English or not. It was really Sammy Sosa with, I mean, it's really, I'm sorry, Mark McGuire with Sammy Sosa was kind of coming along for the ride. That's what they were pushing, in my opinion. So I understand what he was getting to, but the part of saying that he needs to interpret or harms it is what really kind of made the comment look bad. And like I said, do I think he was probably sincere? I don't know. <laughs> I think he had to save to save his brand. Yep. On the other side, ESPN likes this kind of stuff as long as it doesn't get too bad because now we all know controversy sells. Well, I will say this. Baseball, unlike football, basketball, hockey, the, the major pro sports out there, baseball is pretty much one of those global sports that you can rival that Japanese leagues can rival the Major League Baseball. I mean, it rivals it to the point where when the U.S. didn't have any sports to sit there and play during the pandemic, what were they playing? Japanese baseball on ESPN because it was some sort of sport that could be viewed. <laughs> and it had American, announce American announcers, and I'm sure they had translators in their ear explaining to them, well, they, they don't even need uh, translators. They just broadcast the game and just speak it just like it's a speak it, just have the, the, the players' names. So baseball is much more a global sport. NBA is coming along, but baseball is the global sport. And soccer, obviously. I think soccer is probably bigger than baseball. Um, yeah. But what he said was wrong. I mean, just like you touched it. Vlad Guerrero won MVP of the All-Star game yesterday, and he did his whole post-game speech in Spanish. Probably to, to one-up Stephen A. Smith to say, okay, I'm not Japanese, but I don't speak English either. So let me just go ahead and talk. So what you going to do? Sit there and say, I shouldn't be the face of the league because I don't speak English? But the, <laughs> what percentage of Americans or what percentage of people in America speak Spanish? They can sit there and understand everything that he was saying. It's a good, it's a pretty damn good high number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 
I think Stephen A is going to be a, a, a very well-reserved person when it comes to this topic moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to have much to talk about. And, and, and then I did notice when they did have the, the guests on the show on Tuesday, how they spoke on the fact that they don't talk baseball a lot. And they definitely don't talk about show, you know, Shotei Otani enough for them to know that he can speak English. <laughs> he just chooses not to speak English all the time. So if he had done his research and he had done his homework thoroughly, he would have known not to even come out of his mouth and say that. But, I mean, it sounded good at the time, and then he just realized like it was just like a oh shit moment. <laughs> like, oh shit, I, I, I messed up. And now you gotta eat it. But not only that, I mean, right now we, I mean, it's just not Stephen A. Smith. You know, a lot of people should be in a position where they should be careful about how they say things going forward. Because truth be told, we're living in a world where, with the way things are right now, you have to be careful. And no matter what shape, you know, what shape we're in, like we can, we have to be careful when we say things because we don't want people to get take the wrong idea. So. Stephen A is in a bigger platform. And like you said, he's reserved about a lot of other things, but this happened. So, you know, you can't be perfect all the time. You got to make sure when you do make an error, you admit your mistakes and then do your best to correct them and move on. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Stephen A learned his lesson in this regard and can move on. Uh, like and it's going to let him do that though. <laughs> Like you said, Ace, he's going to be very care be very particular and careful <laughs> when he says stuff. And they'll probably all of a sudden now baseball comes on, you'll have a baseball person there in that segment. <laughs> oh, definitely. To do most of the definitely. talking. Definitely. They're going to have to because I think they're going to start. I think because of the Asian American community and uh, it's going to really kind of focus on the sea if it was all talk that he was doing that day and what they're going to do about it moving forward. So they, I think they're going to be talking about Shotani a lot moving forward. And I think they'll have more baseball people talking about it more so than Stephen A. He may have scripted questions that he'll ask, but I don't think he's going to go on one of his diatribes, but, you know, it's one of his dialogue shits that he typically goes on trying to question everybody because he knows that if he says one, one foul thing, he could possibly lose his job. So let me pose this question to you, to, to you fellas. Um, and and Ace, I'll, I'll start off with you. Um, I mean, I mean, we can see it. Um, you know, every sport always wants that one person that comes in and just it's like lightning in a bottle to be able to help sell the sport. Football is all about Patrick Mahomes. Well, let me. Patrick Mahomes was the it kid um, two years ago. Um, and then basketball a couple of years ago, it was you know. Stephen A. Smith. Let me see. I'm Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> now it's Luca. And now it's Luca. Um, and then and now baseball. You know, you were kind of trying to find someone, and now they seem like they got someone, a two-way player. I mean, and you know, of Asian descent. Do you think that Otani can sustain and quote unquote carry baseball or be that face of baseball? throughout the rest of the season and long-term past that? I think he can do it because unlike other stars who tried to play two different sports and tried to be stars to carry the sport, Bo Sand, uh, Bo, uh, 
Jackson. Bo Sanders? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, yes. Deion Sanders. <laughs> and Deion. Deion, Deion. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and a couple others, you know, that tried to thread the line playing baseball and trying to play football and being stars in both sports. He is playing just the one sport. And if you think about it, and being that I played baseball in, in, a, in a much younger life, when you're coming up in Little League and you're moving your way up through Babe Ruth or whatever early teen leagues that you're in, going into high school and summer ball and all that type of stuff, you're groomed to play more than just one position. So for me, it was first base, catcher, outfield. You know, uh, I knew boys that are, are peoples that, you know, we went to high school with. Some were pitchers, third baseman's pitchers, second base, whatever. So you always have that first and secondary. And then when you went off to college, you they kind of honed in what you were doing. Like, that's okay. For example, sometimes when you see some of these position players pitching when their team is getting blown out like a zillion to two, it's because at some point in high school or something, they were a pitcher. But they don't pitch now. They're just in there to try to eat innings. Whereas Shotani, he's just different. He, he, You can't deny that he's an awesome pitcher. But you also can't deny, like, he's an awesome, awesome fielder, an awesome, um, awesome batter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to put the bat in his hand, but you also have to put the ball in his hand every fifth day because he gives you the best chance to win. And it's this very rare that you see that combination and a player who can hit as damn good as he can and pitch as damn good as he can. Does it give inspiration to kids growing up? And does it give inspiration to coaches and organizations that see these kids and thrive and say, okay, well, we have somebody, the, the blueprint has been laid. Now we can start showing these kids that, yes, you can do both. If you want to pitch in the major league and you want to be able to be a great hitter, you can do it. They just need the right upbringing. And, and in Japan, obviously, that's how he was trained. And it worked out well for him. And it's just, I just don't think in the United States, it's either like if you were a dominant pitcher, they just tried to keep you as a dominant pitcher. They didn't want you to hurt yourself trying to swing the bat or hurt yourself, you know, in the field or something like that because they don't want to lose that dominant pitcher. It's just, I think it's something great for the sport, honestly. And I think you'll start seeing more. I don't think you'll start seeing anything immediately, but I think you'll start seeing some of those within the next five years, some of those dominant high school pitchers and pitchers and batters, and they'll go to college and they'll start experimenting with this. And you'll start seeing the trend maybe in five years. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not like the baseball aficionado. Um, but I would not like like aces, so I could definitely be in a, a minority here. But I kind of think that, I mean, just in my opinion, I believe that MLB will probably try to do things to um, keep him grounded, so to speak. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they for some some shape or reason they'll force him to give up one or the other. Um, if he's going to be a pitcher, I can see the Angels just saying, we're going to kind of sort of relieve you from doing baseball, I mean, hitting duties and just focusing on pitching or vice versa. Um, I could see that to save his career because, I, to be honest, 
if he continues to do this on a consistent basis for a couple of years, like he may be prone to injury. And the Angels may look at this as, I don't want, do I want to really jeopardize the investment of where we have him at right now? So they may look at precautionary reasons um, down the road. So I could probably see them doing something where they may eliminate one of the aspects of his game. So I'm not, like, again, I say I'm in the minority of this, so I may not, you know, know exactly. But I wouldn't be, I would also, I would also not be surprised if they were to say, let's focus on one particular aspect of your game to save your, you know, to, to, to extend your career. That's what I want to say. Yeah, I, they may, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause really, you know, my takeaway from the all-star, you know, this, the all-star break um, per se was that this is going to be Shotani's coming out party. Um, they've been kind of trying to hype him up the first half of the season. Um, but truth be told, he's in, you know, he's in the LA, he's in, I mean, he's in LA, West Coast time. Everybody on the East Coast, you know, in a little bit Midwest might not catch his games unless he comes to the, um, to, to the East Coast. I mean, you saw when he played the Yankees, I mean, that was like, you know, that was all on ESPN, you know, and on Fox about, you know, Yankees playing the Angels, Shatani against, you know, Judge and all this other stuff. Um, and so to me, it was all about him. I mean, the fact that he that he was a starting pitcher and then he was the leadoff hitter. And then, I mean, it was all about pushing him. I think it probably would have been easier if he was, let's say, in one of the bigger markets, let's say, for instance, maybe he's like Boston or Yankees. Yankees would love that. And apparently, um, I think he wanted, I think the Yankees were trying to get him or looking to get him, but something didn't work out. But if he was in a one of the bigger markets, then I think they've probably been farther along. But I think Major League Baseball was just really trying to force it and show everybody this is what we got to sell a two-way player. Someone hasn't done it since Babe Ruth. So I'm with you out. They might try to change him over the years, but I hope not because this is what you're selling. <laughs> you're selling a two-way player, a person that pitches and a person that um, bats. So if they try to curtail one or the other and they're probably not going to do it this season, then it kind of stunts what they're trying to do is – making him kind of be the face of the league or at least kind of make it more marketable, you know, you know, in the Asian league. I mean, in, in, in the Asian market, excuse me. I can say this. I'm sure that two-way players existed long after Babe Ruth. I just think Babe Ruth was probably the one that was most memorable. Um, and I think after the, the fad kind of died down, especially when, AL opted to have the designated hitter versus NL opted to have pitchers bat. So, I mean, it's great for Sotani when he's doing interleague and is playing against a National League team and he's actually pitching that day because it gives, it gives the Angels even a, 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 a double factor because of his awesome pitching and that he's going to be – they don't even have to bat him ninth. Hell, they can bat him second or third in the, in the lineup. <laughs> And they can save more power to go down in the bottom of the order. In essence, Otani, believe it or not, probably would have even had a bigger impact in the National League versus the American League just because of the way they could have used him when he's pitching and where his bat would have been in the batting order. 
that would have been a great dynamic to try to figure out. But uh, I could definitely see this is going to be something because, as you can see, the, the young generation is coming into the league. They're fun. They're exciting. Baseball is trying to adapt to try to get these younger viewers. So trust me, other teams are going to sit there and try to find their ace and their bat. And they're like, oh, so we got one of those two? Let's see if we could trot one of those one of those players out to get more eyeballs on us. But I don't think you'll start seeing a, a, a true influx of it for these five years because it, I think it has to be kind of developed, cultivated from the high school ranks through college, especially when these kids are getting drafted straight out of high school. I hear you. Um, so moving on along to a little bit of to a little bit of um, history making news. Six-time All-Star Candace Parker is going to be on the cover of NBA 2K game um, for the 25th anniversary of the WNBA. Um, first woman <laughs> to be on the cover of um, uh, NBA 2K game, but I do believe they're going to have Luca and Kevin Durant as alternate covers. Um, as well. So to Candace Parker, what are you guys feeling about this? Because this is kind of big, um, especially for how video games are put out. So what are your feelings about Candace Parker being the first woman on an NBA 2K cover? And do you think it should have been Candace Parker? Hmm. They could have they could have chose a litany of goats that played in the WNBA to represent if they wanted to put a female on the cover. Um, what's old girl that plays for Phoenix? I think she's like 40 and still still, still rocking. Sue Bird? Oh, Sue Bird. Tarasi. I probably would have went with Tarasi. I probably would have went with Lisa Leslie. I probably would have went with uh, some of the some of the greats, Rebecca Lobo. Some of those, the pioneered WNBA when it was when nobody was really watching it. Now it's more something of a box you know box office entertainment. I get why they went with Candace Parker because she's she's like the the OG go to the league now. But I think they could have went a, a, a ton of different directions. Um, than just going Candace Parker, but it's still great. You know, it's still nice to to see a, a female athlete of her caliber race in the cover of a video game because that's what young girls want to see just as much as young boys want to see. They they want to see themselves one day don the cover of a college football game or a college basketball female, you know, women's or men's or professional. So kudos to her. I'm just saying that 2K could have went a litany of different directions and probably would have hit a home run no matter which way they would have went. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, to be honest, they could have shared, it could have been um, Diana and Candace Parker um, at that point, shared that. That would have been the probably the best move um, at this stage because there's always going to be people, you know, Candace, she deserves that. So I'm not going to knock it because she's there now. Um, I think that overall, I think that, um, but I agree with you, Ace, in regards to Diane Tarasi could also have been named, and so many greats that first started the WABA. Um, and I completely agree. Um, you have a plethora, you have a plethora 
of different um, names you could have went with. But truth be told, um, why not just start their have their own? Why not have their own uh, separate game? I mean, that would be the best way going forward for the WNBA because now you'll get more people. It would be better that way. And then start the process just like you do with the NBA. The WNBA doesn't need to share it with the NBA 2K. They should have their own WNBA game 2K. And until that happens, this is a good start. But there should be so much that you can do, That's especially in the day that we're living in with the WNBA doing so much in this um in the sports world like they should be in a position where they should have their own if and i take this as i'm saying this right now because i have a feeling that when ncaa going to come back with their college football games and all that if they could do that the wnba should have their own video games going forward um there should be no reason why they can't that's just my opinion on that uh, i think that sharing it with the nba 2k um, game is a start, but until they get their own, they should have their own tape. Bottom up. Yeah, I, I, I'm a totally agreement. They should have their own game. Um, you know, it's it's nice um, that Candace Parker was chosen. Um, but like you said, Ace, you could have probably went Diana Taurasi. You could have went Sue Bird. Probably could have put all three. Um, if this is supposed to be a celebration of um, the 25th year or some, or some kind of celebration of the WNBA. You could have a cover yeah. where you could have Lisa Leslie. Um, could have multi, you could have multiple multi covers with goats, different goats all over them. Exactly. Um, so, so, so Amish, pay Amish to all of them. Yeah. Um, so you could have won a, you know, I think they could have won a, a, a litany of ways, but I mean, Candace Parker is definitely a good choice um, mm -hmm. to be the face in you know, I hope this is not a one-time thing. And I agree with you, they need their own game themselves. So, you know, shoot, I'll play with the um, old uh, Houston Rockets from back in the day uh, when they had, you know, Cynthia Cooper and and, and, all, and all of them. Whew, that was a squad. That was a squad. <laughs> that was definitely a squad. Like, yeah. to be honest, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind running with the old squads as well. Because I think some of the older squads would dust the heck out of <laughs> some, some of these cats today. But um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean it, it's good, you know, and you know it's a great honor for for um for Candace Parker and um. Let's petition for them to get their own game. <laughs> I agree. Don't don't be shocked because I know EA is having a horrible time trying to keep a basketball game current or just trying to keep live existent for that matter, but. If anybody were to do it live, could sit there and say, you know what, we may not be able to market towards the NBA, but maybe we can make the best damn good WNBA game out there and corner the market. And I guarantee you that thing would sell like hotcakes. Because there is so many female gamers out there, so many young girls, hell, so many athletes, so many women in NBA, WNBA sitting out there gaming that they would love to be using themselves up and down the court. And they can they they exploit the they exploit the damn market without question. I mean, I mean, you would get female players that play on a regular basis now play on Twitch more so because of mm -hmm. the fact that there is a WNBA game out there. 
that will in case turn promote the WNBA, which when rightfully so would be it'll be a market storm. And mm-hmm. if they give them the opportunity, at least I mean, there should be no reason why there's no opportunity for that to happen. That's really where I'm at right now. There should be no reason why. Everything points to it being a hit. So why not just make that happen? Bottom line. Like I said, let's get out there and let's hit the bricks and let's petition for that one. <laughs> hey, we'll start with uh we'll start with going on Jalen and Jacoby. They'll be the the good place to start with uh, exactly. uh marketing campaign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but moving on, um, as I brought to our attention earlier, um, and I'm gonna know I'm gonna mess up your your name, sweetie, and I don't mean to do that, but Nikki and Al, correct me if I'm wrong. Olga, Olga, okay, Okume. Say it. I couldn't hear you. Okumake. 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 I'm gonna go with that. Please, if I mess it up, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she didn't get a spot on the um, the women's basketball, um, the women's basketball team for the Olympics, and that shocked a lot of folks. So when she tried to petition to play for the Nigeria team, she was um, her had a petition denied um, because they said she had substantial involvement for more than ten years with Team USA, even though she has dual citizenship. Um, um, she was denied but yet left off of the Team USA after um, she was the MVP back when um, back when they were playing a few years ago of that um, USA team. Um, so what are your thoughts about that? And do you think she has a case that, um, that she should have played or at least been allowed to play on the Nigeria team being how she was left off of the USA team? I see no, I see no reason why she shouldn't have been able to join. I'm sure Nigeria, the Nigerian team would have welcomed her with open arms. Um, they probably would not have had any issue with her joining the team. And if the men's, if the if the if men in the in, uh, if men within the NBA, oh god darn it, if men within the NBA <laughs> can represent Australia, represent Italy, represent France, however they're representing. Because they, I'm sure they have dual citizenship. They can go represent their country, their country on those little uh, two-year teams and the four, and the four-year Olympic teams. Then it should be the same same sort of respect should be offered to uh, to the female side. And obviously now this is going to start some some conversations, some dialogue where rules are going to be changed for women basketball players in FIBA. Point blank, because it is. There's no way that they're gonna let this this happen and like nothing's nothing's gonna change from it going forward. So this is somebody had to be the recipient of bad news. Unfortunately, it's this young lady. And now moving forward, the next time next round of tournament that comes up after the Olympics, I guarantee you they'll be allowed to play. Um <clears throat> I'm gonna just keep it very simple. Short and to the point. Um, the fact that FIBA didn't do allow this to happen, um, it's really a problem. Uh, <clears throat> truth be told, I would not be at all upset with her if the next time the Olympics rolls around and she decides after she, you know, is a household name, is a WNBA star champion as well, for her to just say, you know what, 
I'm not going to play for the U.S. I'm going to play for Nigeria instead. Um, I think that this is really a, a slap in the face because she was snubbed from the from the U.S. team. Let's just call it like we see it. Um, I think a lot of people believe that she was snubbed, and rightfully so, because she's putting up numbers that, you know, she's she should be included into the Olympic team. Not saying that um, I wouldn't say who can would come off and replace her with, but I would have to say that she was definitely should have been involved in the Olympic team. Um, but that's number one. But more importantly, the fact that people doesn't want is denying the request. I mean, she does have dual citizenship. That alone, and her sisters playing for the Nigerian team. So for all that to happen, and they deny her, I, I, you know what? At this stage, I would take that to heart. Um, would petition that going forward. And I wouldn't even play for the U.S. team going forward. Anytime that the next time the Olympics come in, I would not be surprised if she plays for the Nigerian team going forward for the rest of the Olympics, so the rest of her career. And to be told, she should. I, I mean, we live in the U.S., and I believe that she should play for Nigeria. I mean, she, at this point, USA has snubbed her twice. So... I wouldn't. I'm not. I wouldn't be mad if she went and played for Nigeria. Bottom line. Yeah, and and this is um, Lamar's reading about this. It's a it's a sticky uh, little rule in um, FIBA where if uh, if players compete for the United States and FIBA sanctioned events after reaching their 17th birthday, they are not allowed to compete for another country in a in a FIBA event. Uh, however, there are some times where in the rules they're, they'll allow them in some, in some cases. But it's this thing about because um, she had played for the United States the last couple of years in, in FIBA events. Now they're saying that she would be ineligible to play for Nigeria, wherein as her two sisters apparently, I guess, hadn't played for the United States in FIBA sanctioned events for, I guess, some kind of extended time so they were allowed to play. Somehow, in the way it was done up, her sisters are allowed to play, but she isn't allowed to play based on her level level of involvement after her 17th birthday of playing for um, in FIBA events for the United States. So it's a rule. It's, it's almost like the, the situation where the Shakari Richardson thing is where, you know, the whole thing with the the weed smoking, it's not a good rule, but it's the rules of the rules. And, you know, it was, there's nothing we can do about it right now because we can't change it midway. And I guess FIBA is trying to say, we had to deny her because in a, in a letter of the law, that's where she fits into it now. But like you said, Al, the real case is how come she couldn't make the USA team when she's been on there before? And that's where, to be honest, that's where the start of everything begins. Um, so um, that's where the start where everything begins. Um, I think that that should be where the focal point is. Um, and, that, and to be honest, I'm glad you gave more examples on it. So, I mean, if that's the rule, then that's the rule. It cannot be at this stage. Um, I think that overall, um, the focus should be on the Olympics, why she didn't make the Olympics going forward. And... There's no reason, every, from what I'm hearing, there was no reason why she, did, she shouldn't have made that team. Maybe. <clears throat> I'm, 
<clears throat> I say this, and I, I mean no disrespect to this young lady when I say this. Maybe because a certain somebody just made the cover of 2K and it wouldn't look right in the same year as an Olympic that she didn't make the Olympic team. It's it's a stretch. It's a long stretch. But who's to say that's not a possibility? I get it. Um <laughs> I get it. it's a reach. It's reaching, and I mean, when I tell you it's reaching, it's really reaching. No, no, I, 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 I it might it. not even be a reach. It might not be a reach. Um, I completely agree with that. I think that overall, it's just that there's so many. There's a whole team. So if it's not that particular person, somebody else could, you know, that could have been held for the next Olympics or something like that. So I think whoever did the Olympic, um, election, um, that's something that really needs to be looked at. Make sure that you get the best of the best. And if everybody's arguing that she should be on the team, there must be a reason why she should be on the team. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, you know, I have faith that the women will probably bring home the gold. Um, I have more faith in the women to bring home the gold than the men bring home the gold. Because right now, they're they, they looking real suspect. Let's, let's just briefly touch about that. They won their first exhibition game after losing the first two. Um, they don't have a play any defense. And I've watched the second game, majority of the second game. They look disinterested totally. They're not going to win the gold. I'm just putting it out there right now. They are not going and, to win the gold. And Bill just went into safety protocol. Yeah. Due to COVID. So he ain't gonna be available for the next say at least four days at minimum. Because they gotta do the, the two days worth of checks and make sure he's negative before or whatever. Uh, I, yeah, that's true. But um they're not gonna win the goal. I don't I don't understand why people believe keep believing that every time that we put a US team out there that we should be dominating by at least twenty-five points to forty-five points. It's not like that no more with this today's world. The world caught up with the USA, bottom line, especially in basketball. So be prepared to know that this US team is not going to dominate at this stage, especially playing late after playing the NBA season this late and still in game shape. Like you said, they're disinterested. They could be tired at this stage. But I, I it's more so the fact that the world teams are a lot better than a lot of people think. NBA players are playing for their for wherever their regions are, their, wherever their, their country is. They're playing there. So you have a lot more NBA players on um, different international teams. Like, for example, um, Australia. You, Patty Mills was scoring points, like galore. So this is not just any old, like, oh, we're the USA, we're the best of the best. No, the level of the competition has now caught up with the USA and they have to be more together in sync. And right now they're not in sync. And until that happens and, you know, it's just exhibition, which is fine. Um, but they better get their act together during the Olympics because they don't, it's going to be an easy out for them. They're not going to get win any medals at this stage. Yeah. And granted, you don't have your, top of the food chain guys playing 
you know, that are going to play. I mean, you're, you're, you're minus LeBron, you're minus AD, you're minus Steph Curry. Um, so you don't have the size, one, and two, you don't have your creme la la creme up there. But like you said, uh, the world is caught up. So a lot of NBA players playing playing on different teams. Um, I'm not sure if if anybody – I think Middleton was going to play on the um, – on the USA team once it's over. I don't, I don't know if Devin Booker is. I think Booker is. Um, I'm not sure about CP3. They don't have a point guard, a true point guard. Um, CP3 will fit nice, but does he, even CP3 want to do it? Um, and now you have Kawhi, who had a knee injury, which we all knew was something torn, but, you know, they wanted to kind of fudge it. But you're right. They could make it easy out. It could be an, an easy out or – they may get silver or, or bronze um, if they ain't careful. And you can see what um, Greg Pop, Pop was looking like. I don't know. A lot of guys are don't want to take the chance because you think about this. Free agency is going to be starting up at the same goddamn time as you're going to have the Olympics starting up. The finals will probably be over next week, at, probably this weekend. By Sunday. You think so? Game three is today. This is Wednesday. They go back to, well, you have a game. This is game three. If Milwaukee loses tonight, then it'll probably be over by Sunday. But if they win tonight, which I think they will, then it's probably going to be like Tuesday next week. Um, who wins? I have no idea. But the point is, I don't think a lot of guys out there really want to press the envelope because they don't want to put themselves in a position to lose out of some coins if they're going to be in a free agent market. They don't want to get out there and get hurt. <laughs> and that's why you see a lot of guys saying, I don't want to go out there if you already have some nagging injuries. AD might have been out there, but he like, I ain't doing that. You know, he doesn't want a chance at other guys that might want to play, you know, aren't doing that. So it's, like I said, they look disinterested and I agree with you, Al. They could not make a medal or get silver. I, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. I, I think at the most, I can, you can, I can see silver. That's only if they get themselves together. And if they don't, I, like I said, these international players, they have a lot more team chemistry because they have a lot more passion. You can see it in the past couple of exhibition games. Like, they're coming ready to get the ball. And if USA not on top of their game and get out on on a jump, uh, especially at the start of the game, it's going to already be it's going to be to a point where it's going to stay close no matter what. I really don't see the USA doing much damage as people think they would. And to be honest, that that, that goes for both the men and the women because you have women international players as well that's stepping up. I can see the US, I can see the women I can see the women, women have a better um success than the men at this stage. So you're trying to say at this point, at least at this point right now, USA women's hoops is the equivalent of women's USA soccer. Because men's soccer is just trash. And it's the women who's carrying the United States, but yet they can't get equal pay, equal opportunity. And it's probably going to be the same situation where the women might go out there and ball out and the men, <clears throat> if they come away with bronze, I guess that's a good year this year because they 
None of them seem interested. And Jason Tatum didn't play this game because he's uh, uh, nursing a knee injury. And Beal is out for however long he's going to be out. I um, ooh. I, I, can, I can go with you with the comparison as far as women's soccer and women's basketball being, you know, as dominant. But to say that women's basketball women's basketball dominance to the women's soccer over men's basketball wouldn't say that. I think as the team are currently constructed today, then the women's is, I think, better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we have to see who gets, who's going to Tokyo. And right now, the squad that they got right now that's playing in exhibitions, it's a hot mess. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Maybe they'll go over there and then, you know, the lights switch will turn on and they'll just go ahead and play lights out. But still, still, you know, it ain't been seen yet. And these are the tune-up games. I guess they're just like, whatever, just go out there, get our legs, get our feet back underneath us and then go out there and really ball. But is it just that easy for an NBA star just to turn it on like that and then be lights out? Mm. Don't know. Don't know, um, but definitely that's something to to, to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold up. And, and Kyrie or James Harden is not on that squad this year, are they? Nope. James Harden initially said yes, but then I think he backed up. Now he's in Paris with a little baby. Getting harassed by media and locked up. Mm-hmm. You fuck around over there in Europe doing some stuff. It ain't like the U.S. <laughs> Mess around there, you, you if you think. <laughs> well, let's let baby, uh, Jim Harden, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they got paparazzi all over them. They should be fine. <laughs> Good uh, Lord. Well, before we um, move on to the next one, I do want to get your thoughts on the fact that um, I know that Philadelphia is um, up in celebration, so to speak. <laughs> the fact that um, news coming out that now Ben Simmons is now out of the blue now available um, for trade talks. So I need to get the voice of what's going on in Philly. Are they celebrating, dancing in the streets because of this type of news that they heard? Rumors, I should say. It's like they're 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 holding with bated breath. Uh, I, I think they were all everybody was ready to ship them out one second after the last game ended when Philly got booted out. Um, then it kind of, things kind of tampered down because it didn't seem like it was, but I think everybody in Philly is ready to see him go. Um, I haven't said it. I, I told you if, if, if he's not going by game one, he's going to be going by the, by the trade deadline next season. And he looks like if the reports are accurate, he's going to be out <laughs> before the start of the season. Where's his best landing spot? I keep the only team I keep hearing is Portland. I've heard Portland, um, but I don't know. If, I haven't heard much of else. I heard some something about about um, Golden State, but I don't know if if, if that's le- legitimate. But um, Portland is what I've is what I've been hearing. You know, a little bit at this point. 
I only heard Golden State at that moment. Um, Golden State for who? Well, they step, they're definitely looking for an all-star caliber um, player. So, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it heartbreaks around. There's no way um, Clay or um, Steph is getting traded. So, I could see them doing a package of something like um, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre and something like that. Uh, maybe a first-round, second-round pick for a Ben Simmons and something. See something in that range. Um, would, to be honest, I would think about it. I'm not saying I would, but I would think about it. That'd be something that would I would ha have to think about. It. I don't know if Philly would would um, accept that position, but I, I I don't see them doing. I, I don't see how they could do a deal with that um, and give up. Steph Clay or even James Wiseman. Um, maybe Draymond. Set. Uh, I don't see them doing that with giving up those. Not, not James Wiseman, um, Steph and Clay. I don't see that happening. I'll be shocked. I, would say. I don't see them giving up Draymond either. Uh, I mean, never say never, say never but I, I'm with Jace. I don't know if they will break up the core for him. Yeah. I can see them breaking up and sending a uh, old boy from Portland. CJ? Um, uh -huh. CJ? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, you're talking about Dane? No, nah, McCullen. I think oh, can, McCullen. I think they can get McCullen and something else for, um, for the bum. I can't think of his name. <laughs> Draymond? No, Philly's bum. <laughs> oh, Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. <laughs> you know, but Ben Simmons probably needs to go to Portland um, or someplace where the, the lights aren't bright on him, <laughs> where he can be able to rehabilitate. I mean, you look at, um, um, let's say, LeVar Ball. Um, what's his son, Ball, that went to? Um, Romano? Orlando. The one that went to um the, the Pelicans. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I mean, he got out of L.A. with the bright lights, and he went down. He sort of kind of rehabilitated himself. He got a slightly better slightly better jumper. His free throw percentage did actually increase, but he became a much more – you saw the growth, you know, when he got down to Pelicans a little bit where – he was going to get that growth playing with. Now they're talking about they want to try to get him back, which is very, which is very interesting. Yeah, I the, think the Pelicans are making um, Lonzo available now for trade. Yeah, but I think he needs to go someplace where he can. The lights aren't bright, and he's able to, if he's willing to put in the work, be able to develop him. You know, you know, develop those aspects of that game that he needed. But he's not going to be able to do it in in, in Philly. I think he should. I think he should go on a new Dame's wing. I think Dame will be a, a nice influence for him. Let him and, and and Dame will be like, look, you just go ahead and run the post. Just I'll feed you down there. You, you don't worry about nothing. We'll work on your jump shot over the year, whatever, whatever. You know, not to say that McCullen isn't a nice piece for for Dame, but it's obvious that them two alone ain't gonna make it work in Portland. So so something's gonna. I, I knew something was gonna happen. Either Dame is gonna leave. McConnell's going to leave, but something's popping off in Portland. 
believe that. To be honest, I mean, those two names could be an interesting swap, too. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Lonzo and Ben. I mean, swap Lonzo and put uh, Ben Simmons uh, in, in, in New Orleans alongside of uh, with Zion. That could be an intriguing pair. And Lonzo could easily run up there, run Philly up with um, Joel Embiid, have the shooting with Seth Curry. That could be a possibility. I'm only say that they would do it, but that could be an interesting, intriguing trade. And then what, put Ben Whitty up there at the two, and then everything's good? Who up? Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh. Oh, all right. I forgot about him. Um, uh, well, I already said, I mean, to be honest, I already said that they wasn't going to resign him. I, I already gave my I'm re- hearing rumors they want him back. Huh? I'm hearing rumors Brooklyn wants him back. Not for the offer. Think he, not for the offer. You don't want to come back. <laughs> not for the offer that he, he's, he's asking. Like, their negotiations, yes. But if they, if he, if Spence really believes that they're going to try to bring him back at the offer he wants, this is going to be a problem. Like he's off, he's asking for five years, one twenty-five. Who? You mean? Yeah. I mean that's not a that's not a reserve amount of money. That I mean, sounds about to be the the average. <laughs> no, not when you have James Harden, um, Kevin Durant, all over thirty, averaging like what are we paying them like at least close to 30, 40 a year, forty mil a year. And then um, Harvey is at 30. Wow. Can't afford that. They can't afford that. So whatever they do, if they in negotiations, I'd be shocked. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, I definitely would want them back, but I'd be shocked if they keep them. I see a sign and trade. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sign and trade with another team. For less money. And to be honest, they was, they was talking about mm-hmm. – but yep. I'm, I'm also here. Lonzo is getting some interest from the Knicks. Oh yeah, yeah. Without question, point Somewhere guards is, is a point guard free agency at this stage. It's all point guards. Personally, I think Colin Sexton would be a better fit in New York than than Lonzo. Who? Colin Sexton, the point guard from Cleveland. He on the trade block. Mm-hmm. And that was their number one pick three years ago. We see how number one picks fair in this league over the last ten years. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think I think Colin Saxon will run New York to the ground. Nothing personal, but I see him as a shoot first point guard. I'm okay. something that the Knicks need, but I think they need someone that can space the floor and get others involved. And for what I'm hearing from Cleveland, he was not that dude that would get others involved. That's why they want to get rid of him. Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I, I mean, he's probably he's definitely a better upgrade now. But I'm just saying. I don't know if he's that that point guard y'all want or the next one. Let's just say. Well, to you one thing's for sure. Um, from the start of it, we do know that um, Ben Simmons um, is going to eventually go somewhere. The question is where. <laughs> and I think I once that know. happens, I think. The Philadelphia fans are going to be very happy. They won the finals. Oh, <laughs> like they won the championship. I'm, to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking for, I, I'm pushing for him to stay in Philly. I think it'd be a good bet for him to stay in Philly too. I 
pushing what I'm saying. And, but uh, then I say that, and I preface this to say, do you think Philly moved away from Markel Fultz too early? Because he's turned out to be a serviceable point guard in Orlando. They just got frustrated with the fact that, you know, his shooting, something about the shooting in Philly, and then these jokers go somewhere else, and then they turn around and be somewhat serviceable. I don't know what the hell is, I don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> well, that's because the development coach is much better in Orlando than in Philly. And I, I mean, Knicks fans could, Knicks, um, Knicks fans should know that. Um, Knicks fans had to deal with anybody that left the Knicks will turn out to be bad. It was because of the developmental coach. Whoever was the developmental coach, yeah, I'm just just being honest. Whoever was the developmental coach, they developed them the right way. And like I said, it was the same thing with Philly. Mark Fultz could not be fixed until he went to Orlando. All of a sudden, he had a jumper, shooting jumpers, hitting threes, closing out. Yamming on folks. Yamming. Scoring <laughs> 20 points on a regular basis. Like, mm -hmm. if he didn't get injured this season, um, who knows where Atlanta would have been. So, yeah. Um, and I'm saying this. I'm sorry. I'm going to preface by saying this. If Ben Simmons do get traded, do not be surprised if he starts shooting threes and lighting it up the joint. So, that's why I'm saying be careful because if a development coach gets on Ben Simmons and works on him and he becomes a superstar, Philly is just going to have egg on their face no matter what. I. 100% agree. Um, do I think Ben Simmons probably, if they can fix him better in Philly? Yeah. They haven't done it yet. And I think the fan base in the, in the Philly culture just, it wouldn't be a good environment for him to get fixed there. Um, just like it's a hot pressure in New York. If you're not good, it's not a good environment to get fixed where you at. You got to come in, lighten it up. And if you suck and if you look bad, you're going to you're going to get ran out of town. And Markel folks was the first round pick ran out of town. Um, first so, round, and, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And Ben Simmons, he's getting run out of town. And like you said, Al, I would not be surprised if he lands someplace else. And within a season or two, gets his jumper fixed, gets his, or at the very least gets his free throws fixed. If he can get his free throw fix, minus a jumper, but if he can get his free throw fix, he would be very deadly. But that is the NBA. Uh, so before we um, roll off tonight, um, we want to touch in the NFL a little bit. Our boy, cornerback Richard Sherman, is in a lot of hot water. <laughs> um, he's got arrested on some burglary domestic violence charges or at least suspicion of burglary, um, domestic violence charges by trying to enter his in-law's house um, earlier that day, um, possible DUI and hit and run. Um, he was um, arrested and not released on bail. So he's still he's still right now in, um, in Lockup County, probably wherever you want to put them mm -hmm. at, in Richmond, in Richmond, Washington. Um, what he's doing? <laughs> hmm? He's stewing. <laughs> it's doing, yes. Um, and to come and think about it, Ace, San Francisco 49ers, he's a free agent. I know you guys are probably in some kind of early discussions, but how do you think 
mine is all the legal stuff alone because this is a very fluid situation. We, we won't really probably know the full extent, at least for another day. Um, but from what you know now, what you've seen, how do you think this is going to affect his um, free agent marketability moving forward? Well, I'm going to say that this is a first-time offense for him ever. You know, he's been squeaky clean, face of the NFLPA, um, high school, college, just pretty much his entire professional career. Um, everybody is, you know, everybody has the opportunity to make a mistake. I don't believe he physically put his hands on anybody. I think when I, the little bit that I read, you know, based off of Washington state law, they're saying that the breaking and entering is considered to be those charges. Just no matter what the situation is, you know, until we get more, more feedback and more information. Um, I'm not saying he won't get signed by a team. I'm not even saying he won't get signed by the 49ers, but I think it's going to be contingent upon all of the information coming out first. As long as he didn't physically harm anybody, as long as he didn't physically put his hand on somebody, especially a woman, um, didn't wave any, any guns or anything like that. If he was this belligerent and drunk and just whatever, I think the league will slap a two-game fine on him. He'll get less money than he thought he would get, and he'll sign with the team. Um, this is going to be real quick. I think that um, at this stage, with everything that the NFL does that allows players to just come back no matter what the situation is, is um, this is minor um, for um, the fact that he will sign with the NFL team. Um, if they can bring back murderers and all this other type of stuff, abusers at this stage, I would not be surprised if Richard Sherman gets signed with another team. Not to say that what he did was correct or incorrect, because to be honest, we need more information. But I will say that overall, when this clears up, I think that he will definitely sign with some some NFL team or some NFL team will sign. Some NFL team will sign. I agree. Yeah, I mean, we saw all the nuttiness and the crazy, crazy-ish that, um, you know, AB got himself into. So uh, <laughs> someone's going to take a, is going is probably going to take a, a, a chance with them, whether it be the 49ers, I don't know. I guess we have to wait and see what all the charges really stem out with. As far as we know, there's, as far as we are aware of at the moment, there's no domestic violence where he put hands on his wife or put hands on his in-laws. Um, there is that DUI hit and run that's, uh, a quote-unquote misdemeanor at, at the moment. So I guess it's kind of wait and see how these charges unfold. You know the NFL is looking at this real hard because um, mm -hmm. they're going to bring their rulings. I agree with you, Ace, two games, maybe anywhere between two and four, depending on how all this, you know, you know, goes out. But he's definitely infringing on integrity of the shield. And he's already – and he's he always was a very outspoken player. So you know this is – a this is definitely going to be used against him. Um, so I think free agency is going to cool a little bit. I think everybody's just going to kind of wait and see how things unfold, see what the NFL is going to do, you know, however this plays out. But like you said, he probably won't get the same kind of bread he's going to get. And let's be honest, he's a very old cornerback with some knee injuries. Um, not to say that this is going to be the end of his career, but this could be – the, the door opening where, you know, 
you're going to get little money and then showing your way out the door. Right. <laughs> well, I, if he wants to keep playing and secure uh, a couple more dollars and secure that bag, he better take whatever the hell he can get and ball out. <laughs> Maybe get paid one more season after next season and then exit stage left. <laughs> Which might be the case. <laughs> All right, fellas, uh, we are past our time tonight. So, um, as always, great talking to you guys. You know, great shooting and shit and you know, good conversation tonight. So, um, fellas, let me know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Says on your passion name tag. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am our false. Twitter and Instagram. I am our false. Oh, yes, you can find me on the gram, Twitter, Twitter and Snapchat, J.E. Ross, the number seven. Um, so as always, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, subscribing, listening to us on all platforms. And we'll be with you next week, same bat time, same bat channel.